The following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Comey Snake. Welcome to Escape from New York Minute, where we celebrate and analyze the dystopian classic one minute at a time. I am Molly Balin. And I am Eric Deutsch. And we welcome back John and Jeff from Predator Minute. Hey. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having us back. Back. From, from the back. Oh, so sorry. So sorry. Oh, it just <laughs> happened. Oh, I held it in for a whole episode. <laughs> oh. From the jungles of Latin America to the urban jungle. Here they are. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Nice segue. And we are in minute 53, and minute 53 begins with Maggie finishing the story of what happened to the dude who crossed the 69th Street Bridge. And spoiler alert, it did not end well. (laughs) (laughs) And we get our first whiff of the Duke's sweet ride, and the minute ends with Maggie, Snake, and Brain hiding out of sight of the Duke's motorcade. So this is the the story that we... I'm at the end of last minute. I said, let's hold off to today. So they talk about how they have a map of where all of the mines are on the 69th Street Bridge. And, and the reason they got it is this guy made it all the way across before they shot the poor bastard. So here is one of the big continuity issues I've always had with this movie. If the guy made it across and then got shot, how does Brain have his map? Yes. I was wondering the same thing as I was rewatching this minute. Do you guys have any theories? I have absolutely none. That's why I asked the question so that I wouldn't have to answer it. I have a theory. Ah! So here's what I thought. I think that he's just a very thoughtful individual. Now, I don't know how he discerned how to make it through, but I think he probably was like, this is what I think it is, wrote it down ahead of time, gave it to them, and then went out. And then he got shot. Oh, no, I think you all are reading it backwards. I think the guy's crossing the bridge into Prison Island. (laughs) (laughs) They don't explain where he's coming from. They just said the guy almost made it all the way across before they shot the poor bastard. Oh! (laughs) Yeah, it's like, yeah, that that, that was my instant reading of it, thinking, like, if they have the map, (laughs) this guy must have brought it from outside in. Like, maybe he stole the plans Right from uh, Hauk and company. Ah, that's interesting. Ah, I did not see it that way, John. I think you're wrong. <laughs> oh, you all just think it's in continuity. I see. Okay. <laughs> no, I I'm in Molly's camp here. I think that he's just thoughtful enough to say, "I'm going to try to do this thing. Here's what. Here's the info that I have. If I don't make it, I'm going to leave you with a copy of the information so that someone else can try." Mm. So I'm right, John. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit it around. <laughs> Fix it in post. Fix it in post. <laughs> I'm just happy to have two possible explanations because I have never been able to come up with any idea. So I I'm feeling a little stupid now. <laughs> Honestly, I think I just ripped it off from the movie The Beach. Did you guys ever see that? Oh. Yeah, it's, it's um, Leo DiCaprio. One? Yeah, Leo DiCaprio. Thank you. Molly, what's my answer to your question? 
The answer is you've not seen it. Right. <laughs> so there's an ongoing joke. And that is we have many movies in common, Eric and I, but I never bring up the ones that we actually have seen together. It's <laughs> always ones that he's never seen. And he brings up TV shows. I'm like, I haven't, I don't fucking know. Like, I haven't seen them. So That's great. That's like uh, Alex Robinson on Star Wars. He hasn't seen a ton of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Pete's always asking him. He's saying, uh, "No, never, never seen that one either." Nope. It's also <laughs> like when John talks to me about baseball. <laughs> I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> so then we have Cabby saying, "Oh, this would have been something else. All of us, the whole prison, walking across the bridge with the president out front, and the only reason that I'm calling this out is." In this draft script, it's Brain that says that line. Mm. And I'm just, you know, it's interesting that they ended up switching it to Cabby. Because I think it it it, it works better coming from Cabby. Because Cabby's the optimistic, happy guy in this movie, you know. And so <laughs> yeah, you could see, yeah. him like, oh, it would have been, what a sight to see. Da, da. It doesn't, it, I don't, it wouldn't have really been as good of a reading coming from Brain. Yeah, Cabby seems like just... That happy-go-lucky, he's just happy to be there. Like, hey, like <laughs> we're about to do it with the Duke, but now Snake's going to do it, which is equally great. It's just as good. Like, <laughs> this totally different character just popped into my life. This is going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, and I think we all uh, know people like that or have a friend like that who's just happy to, happy to be there and, and just everything's great. Yeah, I love his optimism even while he lives in a dystopian, <laughs> futuristic, hellhole uh, prison city. <laughs> he finds the positive wherever he can. Mm -hmm. uh, did you all ever play uh, GTA 3? Grand Theft Auto 3? Which one mm. was the third one? Was that was the, the one with the... The very first three-dimensional of the GTAs. It was before Vice City. Yeah, oh, I think okay. the first one I played was Vice City. Oh. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm missing out on a classic. But I'm uh, laughing the... at myself because, of course, no, I have not played GTA 3. <laughs> 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 right. It's a what we call a video game, Eric. It's, uh... <laughs> oh, like Pong. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Pong. Yeah, but with more cards. Shit. It's pretty great. <laughs> But in GTA 3, they have all these goofy names for all the different vehicles. And there's an old school cab in GTA 3, and it's called the Borg 9. Oh, oh nice. Well, watching that's this awesome. Movie, watching this movie in totality, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I instantly understood the reference. Oh, that's Ernest Borg 9, who plays the character Cabby. Um, uh, in this that's movie. great. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Nice research once again, John. Hey, thanks. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I like it when the guests do research that I haven't come up with. It makes my job much easier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This so, is a normal occurrence for me. I feel right <laughs> at home. <laughs> so Cabby says the line, and he says it would have been something, and Maggie says, yeah, it would have been. And it's interesting. This is another change from the script. In the shooting script... She says it as a question, you know, would have been, you know, sort of like, why are you saying it would have been? What, you know, we're not still doing that here in the movie. It's a statement. She's like, yeah, would have been. So it's a, it's a totally different 
meaning by changing it from a question to a statement. Here, mm-hmm. she's already accepted, all right, we're, we're doing something different. We're going along with Snake, whereas in the script, it's like, whoa, 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 what do you mean would have been? What, what's, what's, we haven't agreed to anything. Hmm. Yeah, they, uh, upon leaving the library, you just get, like, they're all of a sudden four fast friends, right, on this uh, mission together. And uh, I, I, I do think that this scene is, is kind of funny how sort of jovial they all, all are together, <laughs> um, with the exception of Snake, who just is Snake the whole time. But yeah. they do sort of act like four friends walking down a park or something, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> off to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, it's got a breakfast club kind of a vibe to it, which is a little yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. A little Wizard of Oz action there, too. Maybe you got Maggie and oh. Dorothy. Uh, Snake oh. could be the Tin Man. He's got no heart. <laughs> Brain could be uh, the Cowardly Lion. And, and Cabby definitely is the Brainless Scarecrow. Mm. Oh, there you go. Wow, there it is. Let's just analyze this film. Nicely done. Thank I you. think. You podcast over. You're done. You broke the code. <laughs> <laughs> then John Carpenter heard what I just said, equating this to Wizard of Oz, and and has now put a contract on my life. <laughs> oh no! I would actually argue that Snake is more Dorothy, oh, like in a new land. He's yeah. trying to get back home, right? He is. Yeah. yeah. So after walking through the alley here, we get the first glimpse or sound of. Uh, the iconic uh, car driven by the Duke. Yeah, yeah. I do want to save the the specific discussion of his specific car to tomorrow when we really get to see it. But yeah, talk about the sounds though, because what a as awesome as it looks, which we'll get to tomorrow, it sounds awesome too. Oh, it is a great, great uh, music piece right here that Carpenter is using. Just it has a little bit of like the lowrider, the that yeah, that's what I thought of too. Yeah, yeah, kind of the woodblock sound. Um, it also reminded me of um, in Batman '89 where the parade balloons first round the corner. Um, mm. and Joker's leading the parade. It's it's just starting that Prince song, and then it goes all Prince. But right before it goes all Prince in that song, it it, it has like a little bit of that kind of ominous that. Uh, Hard to it's hard to say like just like one or two notes. Um, yeah, that's a good parallel. Nice, yeah, serious rounds the corner. Yeah, the song yeah. is called uh, "The Duke Arrives Slash Barricade." Mm. Yeah, and it has that kind of like little sort of funky baseline to it, like you might find in other you know black exploitation movies of the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's really great. Like it just sort of sets the mood for what we're about to see. And like you said, Eric, we're about to uh, get a glimpse of what might be the greatest car in uh, cinematic history, but we'll talk about that more later. Um, But yeah, this intro music uh, introducing us to uh, what we're about to see is uh, pretty spot on. I'd say it's just about perfect. And there's a there's a here's how the script describes the Duke and his caravan coming up the alley. So it says a convoy of rumbling, fuming, battered cars and buses. All scarred and ripped and jerry-rigged with wire and rope and glue bumps down the street. The cars are ancient models from the 80s. There is a lumbering bus in the middle of the parade. The Duke's gang, hard, vicious. The Gypsies of New York. The Primo gang, like a pirate caravan, headbands and earrings. So he changed a few things. Yeah. Yeah. 
these yeah. are all yeah these are all 70s cars i, I believe but <laughs> they are yeah yeah ex- yeah. except for uh the giant truck but are you going to talk about that next minute no nah, that you can do today i just wanted to say the duke's car for tomorrow yeah okay what you just described eric sounds more like something out of mad max yeah um which i don't think is uh, uh what we get uh in this minute and and definitely into next minute so that's an interesting choice um i can see it working both ways i guess i could see more of a mad max scenario where like you have kind of a weird crazy vehicle sort of pieced together with whatever remnants of other vehicles you could find like that would make sense um but i also like the choice here to make the duke who's this powerful person in this world um have uh kind of a, a luxury vehicle, if you will, uh, for this place. I think it's genius. I love that when hmm. he rolls up, it's got like a presidential motorcade vibe to it. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, along I with also, your own kind of altered presidential march. Yes, yes. Well, it has a more of a like a party bus, like low rider yeah. beat to it than <laughs> something sinister and Darth Vader-like that would be announcing a villain. Yeah. It's almost like, yay, the party's here. And it, not so much like, <laughs> oh, you know, something really scary or doom is arriving. So I think that's also very interesting to to bring him about in that way. It's like it's like the party's going to come whether you want that party there or not. It's a very <laughs> deriving beat. Here comes the party. Like, you're not stopping this party. It's coming because it, it, it layers like it throws different instruments on top of each other as uh, this the scene goes on. Mm hmm. Yeah, but you're right. You're not scared when that music starts. It's you know it's someone important. Um, you know that uh, uh, the story is about to take a shift. Uh, but you're not scared. You're not worried for the characters necessarily when when you hear this this music. <laughs> you're not worried. For, you're not worried about Cabby. He, he sprints down the road, hops in his cab, <laughs> takes off. <laughs> We're just I know. About yeah, I know. Our our one happy. Good looking, uh, good looking. Oh my god! Our one happy, <laughs> happy go lucky like good guy of the movie, and he just bails immediately. I mean, I just <laughs> maybe he's the cowardly lion. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I missed that the first time that I saw that. You're right. He just takes off. <laughs> right it's down interesting because another another big difference in the script is he had, he doesn't bail till after what happens in tomorrow's minute. Mm. He, he actually waits for a, a minute or so. So it's interesting that they changed it to him, which it, it, I, it's, it's so much funnier to have him bail immediately. Oh yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> and I love how Maggie's like, Cabby, you slime. And that's such an <laughs> antiquated insult. <laughs> Who, but, and, and Cabby can't hear her anyway. So <laughs> I think, yeah, I think her line fits really well in with the track too. It's yeah. Track. Just the way she does Sorry. it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> but um, yeah, it's even though Jeff and I just hopped on last minute, uh, you do see that evidence even in last minute with her uh, holding the knife in front of Brain in a protective manner and directing him in this scene away from uh, the street. That she's clearly some kind of protective figure for Brain. Yeah, yeah and it's they... almost like he's maybe a little too clueless about the way the society works in the prison, like she kind of has to do some of that thinking for him. like as, as book smart as he is, he's not street smart. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Classic brain, right? Classic. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I took that to me to I read that scene as him being a little almost like starstruck, you know. He sees this motorcade coming and he sort of freezes and uh, she has to kind of snap him out of it and say, "Hey, run over here. Let's hide behind these boxes." <laughs> And yeah. meanwhile, Snake is prepared to take the Dugan right there, right on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I'm not moving. Lost. He <laughs> almost runs away reluctantly. Yeah. yeah. We can see logically that he probably figures they don't have the same level of firepower that he does. So even if there are 10 guys, you know, he could probably thin them out enough that it's not going to be a problem. So I can see, you know, in a sense, there's a hesitancy to to hide behind a a box or something, you know, even though it's it's probably the wisest move, really. Yeah, well, in this world, anytime you meet someone new, you have to approach it with caution, right? You don't really know what to expect. No, <laughs> you do not. <laughs> you do not. <laughs> is the uh, is the music diegetic? Is uh, are they hearing this? Uh, this party music arriving. Well, I never thought of that, but hmm. it would be pretty awesome if it was. Yeah. I mean, they, they have the luxury of gas because they're refining it there in the library. Where else? So I think they're they blaring st- it like an ice cream truck. Is that what we you're know, saying? We know they have stereos <laughs> because they're playing the stereo later on in the movie uh, out of a car when they're uh, listening to the tape. Hmm. So why not? I mean, it's anything to make this uh, dark landscape a, a little more enjoyable, a little brighter. I, I would definitely... <laughs> Kicking the tunes. I think, Jeff, you and I were talking on Predator Minute uh, a few weeks ago about uh, our first cars being like hunks of junk, but we definitely put some money into the stereo system. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. My stereo was worth more than my pickup truck. At yeah. This time. <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah. The, the Duke is my spirit animal in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just don't cross, don't cross the Jeff. Well, I have a question about that. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say I can't wait till next minute where we can talk about his vehicle because it is amazing. Oh, you! I've been waiting fifty-three minutes to be able to talk about this car. (laughs) Uh, One. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Molly. Go, Go ahead. No, I just actually had a question because the motorcade, the other cars are shitty. I mean, do you guys have a sense of like why they would pick shitty cars when you have a whole island? I mean, I can't imagine that they got all the Porsches out, you know, you know, in the first wave or the Rolls Royces or the other really nice vehicles that could be on the island. Like, why choose crappy vehicles? Maybe like, nobody why choose knows a Pontiac? how to drive stick. Oh, damn. <laughs> so no, none of these are sticks. None of these mid-70s models are sticks. Uh, maybe the truck. I mean, the 59 truck, which, yeah, well, I, I'll we can talk about that next minute. But I think the Duke picked first, and he said, I want to go with the classic pimp mobile and raise it up with some hydraulics. And so all the followers just going to do what the cool guy does and buy this, or not buy, but... um use these boxy cars yeah and maybe you know in 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 this this world that they live in uh, sometimes uh you need uh, utility over sport and so you you need a vehicle with some space that can hold people um that is a little more rugged that can um you know push aside a flaming trash can when it's in the middle of the street mm-hmm. um you know so a porsche or a little sports car may not be very practical in the in the world they live in yeah, you need one of those big American 70s hunks of metal. 
Right. Yeah, something with some some power, some girth. So I want to ask you guys a question. I'd like to tie in our guest shows with our movie. If the Predator mm. uh, landed in Manhattan prison, would he be able <laughs> to take everybody out? Or at some point, do you think he would be stopped? Ooh. Oh, man. What do you think, John? I, I think these prisoners who have been around a while are, have to be so crafty and so wily uh, and be able to just already do the Arnold thing where at the end of Predator, he's having to fashion everything out of like non-military grade items. The, the prisoners are well past that. It's hard to say, though, too, because some of the prisoners tend to show a, a no fear of death. So would they just be mindlessly walking into uh, the Predator's uh, carnage path? I, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd say it's a draw at this point. It's hard to say. I yeah, I don't know if he would take everyone out, but he would fuck some people up when he first got there. <laughs> <laughs> like he'd he'd leave a, a wake of bloody carnage in his path um, for a while before they figured out maybe how to uh, stop him. But uh, you know, we've seen in Predator Two, if if we're if that's canon, uh, that uh, he knows his way around a city, and so. Um, yeah, he would be a formidable opponent here for sure. Yeah, what do you all think, Molly, Eric? Uh, I think if uh, I think he'd be doing okay until he met up with the crazies. I think once yeah. the crazies, I think they're just they're so nuts that they would just with sheer numbers they'd overwhelm him. Yeah, and there's always the chance that he you know goes over to one of those bridges and steps on a mine on accident. <laughs> 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 you know, screams like a little girl like he does in Predator Two. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know maybe there could be like an industrious predator that comes through like somebody who like has some some sense of long game and you know isn't just there for the sport but is like hey i'm gonna make an army out of these people and then i'm gonna like storm the bridge with them because he's got all of the you know whatever the thermoptics and whatnot and so i would think that he could probably see bombs maybe maybe see those heat signatures and mm-hmm. you know maybe he would be like i'm gonna get all these people together and i will be their their alien king and you know like hop the bridge and start taking over the rest of the world yeah well I, john and i have talked about how it's possible that the predator is just kind of like an asshole like a uh, big game hunter you know mm-hmm. like papa john going to africa and shooting animals like the predator just comes down to earth and and is shooting humans for sport. So maybe uh, he would research this and, and be like, "Oh wait, there's a whole bunch of humans just locked on an island. Perfect, <laughs> and go to town." Yeah, he would definitely be after the Duke's car. I think that would be the ultimate prize. He'd be- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, amazing! Forget about all the driving human it trophies. around. Oh my, that's god. the trophy I want. If there are any <laughs> listeners who have even the remotest drawing ability please draw and post on our facebook group the predator driving the duke's car oh, God, i would pay money please. for that oh, that's amazing yes. yeah maybe some skulls in there and i will make some shirts up so if you do a passable oh, job, oh. i will load that up wow. all right we're gonna keep that in there that's a promise it's recorded <laughs> seriously if someone comes up with a good design i will totally make up shirts for reals that's awesome. Oh my gosh. I will buy one. Yeah, I'll buy two. Yeah, I'll <laughs> hear that as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, speaking mm. of sending us stuff, let's uh, let's get our let's get our weekly promotion here of our contest here. And uh, let me also just state that Chock Full of Nuts is not a sponsor of this show. <laughs> uh, despite this contest that I, that I came up with, they don't even know I'm doing this. And boy, what a missed opportunity for us to actually get some money out of doing the show, Molly. That I, we should be calling Chock Full of Nuts corporate for all the free publicity they're getting from us. They'll do that for you. They won't for me because I call it the official coffee of ex-wives. So, like, I don't <laughs> think they're going to be. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be giving a shit. <laughs> so, as a reminder, yes, anyone who comes across Chock Full of Nuts out in the wild of of the world, if whether it's one of the stores or you see it on a on a shelf in a grocery store or one of the cafes or anything like that, take a photo. Send it to Escape from New York Minute at gmail.com. Molly and I will choose the best photo. You can send as many entries as you want, and the winner will be a guest for one minute of the credits. And remember, no current or future or previous guests are eligible, and you got to have Skype and be available probably early December. Wow, I've never heard of. Sorry, I've never heard of Chock Full of Nuts. That's a coffee brand. That's yes. So you know the scene earlier in the movie, uh, the coffee shop he's in with the woman who gets pulled down through the floor. Yeah. So that's a chock full of nuts, and that is an actual. It used to be a very big chain here in New York City. Uh, oh of a wow! Shop. And it, it's almost non-existent now. There's only a few left in the country, but you can still buy it. Uh, and some stores still sell the coffee itself. Hmm. Why is it coffee that's called chock full of nuts? <laughs> so, it, it, it started I don't out understand. At, yeah, it started out as as a lunch counter place that served sandwiches and, and that kind of stuff, mm. and include and 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 nuts. Well, the, the big thing was they sold nuts, huh. and, Got then, it. Uh, and I if I'm remembering this correctly because I I I, uh, I gave this info a couple couple of weeks ago and of course uh, once i complete an episode ever the information leaves my brain uh i think it was the depression and he basically switched over to coffee shops but mm. he kept the name chock full of nuts oh learn something new every day highly ah. possible that i i that i just told that story wrong but if i did just everyone remember what i said five six seven ten however many episodes ago and that was the real story <laughs> that was the real story go with that yeah go with that <laughs> <laughs> all right guys uh, promote your show again oh yeah uh i don't think we really talked about where people can find us but you can find our group for predator minute at the predator minute listeners palapa uh, on facebook on twitter we are at predator minute and you can email the show predator minute at gmail.com um, I believe, Eric, you're our main contributor to the <laughs> Facebook page. So thank you for all the uh, posts. Really appreciate that. Yeah, as I said uh, yesterday, I'm a big fan of these guys' show. Give them a listen if you like the movie Predator. And yeah, I possibly contribute to their Facebook page almost as much as I do our Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> we always love seeing your posts. So thank you, yeah. Eric. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we are on Facebook, Brains Library, the Escape from New York Minute Hangout. We're on Twitter, NY Minute Pod. Subscribe to our show and give us some ratings and reviews. And until tomorrow, be on time, stay out of the sewers, and we'll see you on the other side of the wall. Mm-hmm.